welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome back to the Feathered Desert, everyone. I hope that you had some good time off while well, we had some good time off. And today we're coming back with bird feeding myths. There's lots of misinformation out there about things that you do when you're bird feeding. So we thought we would talk about a few of those today. And this will be part one of a series that we'll do to talk about different myths as they come up. And as a reminder, if you guys want to reach out to us, if you are listening on Podbean, you can just make a comment right on whichever podcast it is you have questions about, or we do have an email address that you can reach us, and that is at thefeatheredesert at gmail.com. Especially with stuff like this, if you have some question about a myth that you've heard, or you're not sure if it's a myth, then reach out to us and we'll talk about it. All right, so Cheryl's going to start us off with our first bird feeding myth. All right, so the first myth, and we hear this often, is, is if I start feeding, I can't stop. Well, that is false. You have to remember that these are wild birds, and I have to remember that these are <laughs> wild birds that have an innate impulse to find food for survival. So when we feed birds, we're, we offer them supplements to their natural diet. So if we stop feeding them, they will still forage as normal. So if you need to stop feeding because of financial reasons or you're going on vacation or you're stressed out <laughs> doing white wing doves during white wing dove season, excuse me, which yes, that can it does get stress you, you out. Yes, it does stress <laughs> you out. You can. The birds will revert back to their natural foraging behavior and they will not starve. So don't feel bad if you need to stop or pull back on the amount on the amount of your food you are offering. And when you start when you start back up, your bird's friends will find you again. The one uh, caveat to this is you, if you live in an area that there is three inches of snow or more, this is interesting, that sits on the ground for more than two to three days, the birds cannot dig through that much snow to get to the resources below. If you can continuously feed throughout the period of snow cover, that will help your local birds survive the rough patch. Very interesting. Yeah, so those listeners of ours that are up north of the valley in the Flagstaff area, so don't hopefully sometimes. we get snow. Yes, and if you get that much snow, then yeah, you just consider that. All right, so we're going to go to our second one. Yes, Kirsten's got the second one. Yes, this one is very important to us, and we have talked about it a lot, but yes. there's nothing wrong with talking about it again. Uh, one of the myths is that you don't really need to clean your feeders. They're wild birds. They're dirty anyways. It doesn't matter if there's a little poo on there or a little bit of extra dirt, whatever. That is 100% completely false. Diseases can spread through feces, and even wild animals don't want to sit and eat in their own filth or other birds' poop. It's incredibly important to keep feeders clean because we're offering them a gathering place to find supplemental food. In the wild, these birds wouldn't be spending extended periods of time next to each other because they have different niches and not all of them always get along. So our feeders offer them a place to gather and eat together. And if we don't keep it clean, disease can spread amongst them and then they pass it to their chicks or to other flock members when they come back together later. So washing and sterilizing your feeders at least once a month will keep your birds healthy. 
And we did a whole podcast on this titled How to Keep Your Feeder from Becoming a Disease Depot. So if you need tips on how to clean and the steps to go through it, then jump back and listen to that podcast and it'll tell you just what you need to do. Yes, it's a very clever title. (laughs) All right. Myth number three. Yes. So I've got myth number three and this is bread is good food to feed to the ducks when we go to the lake. Not. I wish we had like a beeper that made a noise, you know. (laughs) We'll look for that for next time. (laughs) Bread is not for ducks. Um, Actually, white bread's not really good for people either. I'm just going to stick that in there. It has no nutritional value for them. Ducks are omnivores and they eat bugs and veggies just like many songbirds. And the problem with feeding them bread is that it does fill fill them up. But when it expands in their stomach and they don't eat their veggies and bugs, sounds like candy. Yeah. So it fills them up with non-nutrition. Yes, that's why you can't eat dessert first. You have to eat your veggies first and then dessert. (laughs) That's like one of my favorite things to do. If you want to feed the ducks when you go to the park, take cracked corn and feed it on the ground so it does not sink. Ah, yes, I learned this the hard way too. Mm -hmm. Or use Cheerios that will float on the water and will not fill up their stomachs. Also, limit yourself to a handful or two of food per trip. If you're taking young children, get them involved by using a small container that they can, oh, this is clever, that they can fill up at home and, and use only that small amount at the park. Now, with Cheerios, they come in all sorts of different flavors. So I'm assuming that they want the plain one. Yeah, I'd stick with the plain one because it has like one gram of sugar in it. And that's not going to be too bad for them. It's good. It's good for me. That's what I have every breakfast morning is uh, Cheerios. And uh, the other ones have slightly more flavors to them yeah. that they don't really need. Even the yeah. honey ones, ducks are not going to eat honey. So, yeah, if it's something that you want to do and Cheerios is not really a cereal that you eat a lot, I know that a lot of people that have little children, you know, you always have Cheerios on hand because it makes an easy snack. But I'm just buy a little small box then. Or you can come here to WBU Mesa and we sell two pound bags of cracked corn. corn. For like under $4. Yeah, under $4. And that's a nice one. And you can just put it in a smaller little container to take it. And then it will automatically limit you. So, and it's healthy for all the birds. Yeah, it is. Cracked corn is, it doesn't have a whole lot of nutrition, but it's not going to fill them up either. Right. So they'll get a little something that they can digest, and then they'll still go off and eat their bugs and their veggies and all that kind of stuff. Well, cool. Okay, Kirsten, what's our last one? All right, our last one is going to be talking about hummers. So our fourth bird feeding myth for this podcast is going to be organic sugar is better for hummingbirds than refined white sugar. Once again, (laughs) that is false. Now, organic sugar is better for human beings than refined white sugar, as many nutritionists will tell you if you have to use sugar, do something that's organic or something that hasn't been refined. But what refined white table sugar is the only sugar you should use to make homemade nectar because when it is dissolved in a four to one ratio with water, it is the closest to natural flower nectar. Using any other type of sugar can kill them. And I'm not exaggerating there, people. It can kill them. Mm-hmm. Other sugars such as organic brown or turbinado sugar all have molasses still in it. And that molasses will clog in their crop and they'll eventually starve to death because they cannot get their tongue to move in and out anymore. It gets all sticky and goopy in there and they can't process any food. The same thing with molasses, honey, and agave. The stuff that we eat or use to cook with 
is the same issue. It seems like it might be a better natural alternative, but the commerce can't process it. It gets stuck in that crop. And once again, they won't be able to eat and they will starve to death. And I know not one of you that feeds hummingbirds wants that to happen. So the best options are a four parts water to one part refined white sugar mixture or a store-bought nectar without the red dye. If you buy it from the store, make sure that the ingredients read only sucrose. They don't need to have any added minerals or anything like that. They monitor that themselves. They know when they need to be drinking from a flower versus a supplement. And uh, we don't need to offer that in our supplements. And red dye, as a kind of subsection of this myth, is also a myth. Red dye is not good. It doesn't actually attract them more to your feeder yeah. because you have, most likely you have a feeder that has red on it and that's what's attracting them. Um, and the red dye is not good. It's something that when they process it, it can eventually shut down their kidneys. And once again, they end up dying. And we know that you guys don't want that. And we wish they would take it off the market, but that's all we're gonna say. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's four bird feeding myths to start off with. We thought that was a pretty good one to start. So yes. thank you guys for listening. I hope that we have answered some questions that you have here. And we will see you next time.